Hello, you're listening to the Wilson and Brown Hour with me, James Wilson, and my co-host, George Brown. How are we doing today, George? Very well, mate. How are you? Fantastic. I'm good, to be honest. This is technically the first episode, but I'm not too sure. We haven't really decided on that. Um, basically, well, we, we, had, we had a little bit of a trial run, didn't we? Yeah. And, um, it did it didn't go very well. It didn't work out. <laughs> uh, for listeners who are hearing this for the first time, me and Georgie Boy did record an episode about a week ago, and uh, it was brilliant, to be honest. I had a great fun. It was a great laugh. Top not. Um, top, top content. Great banter. It's just the only thing was it was all out of sync and no one could understand what any of us were saying, which is kind of crucial when it comes to an audio-only podcast. Um, but here we are for take two. Um yeah, it was just a trial run. So here we are. And well, all, all the best athletes and performers and success stories in the world, practice makes perfect. Absolutely. And even That's better. That's what it's about. Even better. We're now recording on Zoom. So fingers crossed this works out. But I can now see Georgie Boy as well. Um, listeners, you'll only be able to hear our voices. But, you know. I just want to see myself in the webcam on Zoom, to be honest. That's all this is for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for, for all the listeners that, that can't see us, obviously, um, James looks like a 70s rock star at the moment and <laughs> is just missing a hairband. He looks a bit like <laughs> Eddie Van Halen or bon, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> so that puts it in perspective. You know, I was looking at, I look at myself in the mirror the other day and I was like, I remind myself of someone. Who is it? And it was Lord Farquaad from Shrek. <laughs> Yes. I was like, oh my God, I've even got the curls and like the wavy of hair as well. And I kind of insulted myself there because I am quite short. So. Oh my God. That, like that has just blown my mind. That's a glass shatter moment. You look exactly like him. Right. We have got to, are you going to set up a social media page for this, right? That has yeah. got to be the first post. I want to see you on one side and Lord Farquaad on the other. <laughs> honestly i was like you know one of those moments i, I know it's me but hang on what's going on here like i would say look like someone i, I know or, ah classic lord, lord farquad brilliant <laughs> obviously from shrek if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about if you don't know what we're talking about <laughs> why are you listening to us quite honestly um right so we'll kick it off i've got a question to ask you george brown um Oh wait! Yeah, no, we'll start with we'll start with the three W's just briefly, just in case this is the first episode. So the three W's: who are we, where are we, and why are we making it? So I'll start. I'm James Wilson. I'm an actor, um, and I guess I do write some things in my spare time. Um, met George Brown at university, and I'm currently holed up in my um, house in East London, uh, where it's bloody freezing. Um, so what better reason to start a podcast? What about you, George Brown? Yes. Hello, listeners. Um, my name is George Brown. I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm still technically at university, though I'm doing a master's course in creative writing. Um, and that is in the University of Exeter. Jesus so Christ. Am... Is that what you put on your Tinder bios? Because, oh, my God, that was the dullest thing. <laughs> <laughs> what was yeah, that tone actually, of voice? I'd that love was... to say, no, I have something way more witty. I don't. That is what's on my I think it was just your tone of voice. This is George Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just me, but uh, oh, I actually is a something... Oh, I actually thought of something really funny to put on my Tinder bio the other day, and I now can't remember what it was. Anyway, that's not particularly great content. I'll try and think about it later. Yeah, um, well, the fact you have oh, a Tinder bio, or even Tinder is uh pretty demoralizing well we're going massively off topic here but can we just talk about tinder for a second because right anyone that well, has tinder right i don't i don't understand it i'm sure there are people that are like absolute pros at tinder congrats to you but then you know that probably shouldn't be the thing you're achieving most in life um but all it is okay this is literally the three types of girls on tinder in my opinion oh, it is either young mums who advertise the fact that they are young mums. And I am not kidding about that. That is a third of Tinder in Exeter. Maybe there's just a high young pregnancy rate in Exeter. I don't know. Yeah, if anything, you want to look out for that, third, mate. A third of them. And they all say like something along the lines of, oh, I'm 19, I've got a little boy, he's my world, you'll always be second to him. I'm like, <laughs> do you want people to swipe right? I don't understand who is that for? 
Like, who is thinking, oh, brilliant, a stepson? That's what I'm after. <laughs> Maybe there is a niche out there. Maybe there are, there are young lads, you know, teenagers, 18, 19 out, out there thinking, you know, what I'd really love for like my first ever experience with a woman is to look after their two-year-old kid who's just screaming all the time. That's really what I want from a first-time relationship. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the, the other one is... Um, so, like, literally, it's either one of these two things. It is here for a, here for a good time, not a long time, or the oh, other brilliant. way around. Classic. Here for a long time, not a good time. And the people that put here for a long time, not a good time, have have quite, tried to be clever, but have ruined the point of that sentence. Because do you want to have a bad time? Then <laughs> that makes no <laughs> sense. And here for a good time, not a long time. What, what does that mean as well? That makes no sense either. Well, I mean, surely that so, defeats the point of Tinder because isn't the point of Tinder mostly just for like hooking up with people on like a one night thing? Surely, because I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I, this is kind of alien alien to me. I have no idea what Tinder's about. I I once bought it and paid for it and just did the constant swiping and I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I just don't get it. I didn't get any matches, so I was like, ah, well, this you, is demoralising. Yeah, just as a, a drunken one night, I feel sad, so I'm gonna buy you. Oh, Tinder. I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> a whole new level. Thing, I've bit. never paid for it. Uh, well, I think Paulinho was there as well, but um, he may have influenced me to buy it. But um, that's just one of our friends. But uh, where were we? What were we talking about? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I went on a massive well, massively off track. Oh, it's because you were criticising my introduction and oh said, yeah your creepy voice it? and then i went on a rant about tinder i haven't even got to the third the third person <laughs> on the third group of people on tinder yet right so the third people and you of all people lord farquad will <laughs> will sympathize with this is like i'm it says something along the lines of i'm five foot six so you have to be over six foot and oh like, yeah <laughs> what? what that doesn't make any sense like yeah. i can understand or i understand you have to be taller than me that's i mean I'm not, you know, I don't have an I mean, issue with that. I mean, it's clearly a power dynamic that they're after there, isn't it? But Exactly. But each their own. That's fine. But why do they Why do they have to be a certain... What, who has a height ratio? I mean, I have to say, this does sound like the, um, the ramblings of two insecurely no, no, short I, I, men. No, don't apologise, George. <laughs> don't apologise. If you're four foot ten and you want someone six foot two, what's the point? What are you going for then? Then you'll just look like you're going out with your dad or something so yeah it's weird it's really weird no one wants a bfg <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway anyway that was my random rant over um what was the question <laughs> um you already said where you are why why are we doing this i think it's just because we're in lockdown mainly um yes have a better yeah. answer yeah um everyone in lockdown or in the last year probably has thought I'm going to start a podcast, myself included. So, yeah, but it also gives us an excuse to catch up from the hundreds of miles away that we are. Because James mentioned he was in a very cold East London. I'm in a very cold Exeter, but nowhere near as cold. We haven't got snow. So it is sunny outside and very Yeah, windy. that's the thing. I was going to ask you, what what's your opinion of snow? Just general snow. What do you think of it? That is such a triggering great i hate snow i hate snow yes okay there's an unpopular opinion or whatever it's the most overrated right there are two things in life that i hate here we go <laughs> one because they are just so overhyped and pointless and i don't understand why people like them one is fireworks what but What's that wasn't the fireworks? question so i won't go there's into nothing that. wrong with fireworks they're just it's just loud and it's that's, that's right that's it <laughs> That, that's that all that's all it is it's just loud noises in the sky i like i don't understand why that's an event i, I don't get it let's all uh, go out I think that's a bit harsh. look up at the sky and see the same thing over and over again whilst we hold our ears because it's loud i don't understand that Jesus. And, and snow because that was the question snow it's cold it's slippy and it hurts your hands i don't like it sorry uh for I listeners like out there when I'm um, in for listeners out there, George Brown also plays the part of the Grinch in his spare time as well, because he just hates everything and everyone in the world around him. Um, no, I don't. As I said, they're the two things I hate. <laughs> <laughs> snow and fireworks. Now, you, Basically, snow, 
Disclaimer, I like snow when I'm inside and I can see it outside and I'm like, oh, that looks really pretty. But when you're actually in it, it's horrible. It's not nice. Uh, I've got to disagree. Got to disagree. Snow, I can kind of understand where you're coming from a bit because people do fall over, hurt themselves, whatever. That's part of it. You have fun in the snow. Of course, I have aspirations to go skiing because I'd love to do it. And that sounds like your worst nightmare. So that is one holiday we won't be going on together, which I'm kind of thankful for by the sounds of it. (laughs) We've discussed this before. I would happily go on a skiing holiday as long as I wasn't expected to ski. I would just stay in the (laughs) shadow. You're just there for the the apres ski, the big piss-up Exactly. (laughs) I want the fondue, the hot tub, the getting absolutely steaming drunk bit. But I don't understand why on a holiday would you go, I know, let's go somewhere really cold and let's go somewhere we have to do loads of exercise. That is not what a holiday is. That's like, a, you know, that's a punishment. So anyway, you, you've, you've set me up with this ridiculous, you knew I would get angry about this. And also, hang on, let's go back a second. We're not finished. I'm not finished. Fireworks. What's wrong with fireworks? It's a form of celebration. But people just celebrate, celebrate things. It's just, it's just noise. It's noise, uh, and it's bright. This is okay. Well, this you know what, George Brown, You are a bunch of noise as well. There you go. <laughs> right. Okay. Hear me out. If fireworks were always different oh and God. did like cool things in the sky, I could understand it. But every single firework is the same. It goes. Poosh. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But that's that. That's the point. It's a point of celebration. You know, New Year's Eve. Start fireworks. Oh, wow! Amazing. Look at that. But brings people together in a time I'm where not a baby. I'm is, not impressed is. by flashing lights. I don't understand why it's, it's such tradition. a big deal. Just tradition. Anyway, you're you're just anyway. you're just I don't know. You got on the right, wrong side of bed, I think, this morning because I don't know. Who doesn't like fireworks? Just, just, just don't talk about snow and fireworks and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh moving on. Um yeah, I've got a question to ask you. So new topic. If you could play any role in any film ever, which character would you be? Now, I've purposely left this open and very vague because you can go down any sort of rabbit hole you want, any genre. Now, I guess to make it a bit more specific, um, it would only be for one day. And obviously you would be living the life of a character, but that doesn't mean, say, if the character ends up dying, you don't die. It's just sort of you live their experience sort of thing. so I'll give my example because I haven't really thought yeah, about it yeah. too much. I I would like to be um, the character, not the actual person, the character of um, Jordan Belfort in The Wolf of Wall Street, played by DiCaprio, because, I mean, he's made it in, a, in, in that film, at least. I mean, in real life, he's, I heard him talk for the first time the other day in an interview. I was like, really? This 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 guy has lived this life of, of fame, money and, and women and all this stuff? But... Anyway, I digress. I'd like to live the life of Leo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. What about you? Okay. So the question is not who would you like to play? No. Acting sense. Not in an acting sense, no. Just if you could be a character in a film for a day, who would you be? Yeah, well, I'm open. If you want to change the question, you can. It's just more of... Um, I'd be... Okay, I'd be like... I mean, this is literally off the top of my head. I'd be like Bruce Almighty then, who could do anything. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Well, it's just the the obvious answer, isn't it? You'd basically be God. Is that what you're saying? Um, Well, isn't it? He's not God, is he? He lives a normal life, but he can do anything he wants. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, I I was interested where you're going to go. If anything, your initial reaction, because I know you love romance films. You spoke so much about bloody Notting Hill and Hugh Grant. I was, I was actually ah. thinking you were going to say something along those lines. I see. I said I hadn't thought about it. Softy, yeah, no, I, I changed my answer. Feminine <laughs> bloke, lad, I have ever met. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, as I said, I hadn't thought about it. I do change my answer. I would be Hugh Grant in um, in Notting Hill, marrying and um, shagging Julia Roberts. Yes, please. All for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I mean, because that is your favourite film ever, isn't it? Oh no, it's no. It's, it's in the top five. Forest it's Gump. in the top it's five. Yeah, yeah. Forrest yeah. Gump number one always. I mean, you could be Forrest Gump. I think you'd play that quite well, <laughs> to be honest. 
<laughs> hang on, wait, wait, wait. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get. Actually, that wasn't that wasn't very that, good. That was no, like that, two. No, you smashed it, mate. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, hang on. What's no? The, the actual people think that's the Forrest Gump phrase, but it's not. It's um, if I was going somewhere, I was running. <laughs> he says it really weirdly. Well, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was fantastic. Someone's got to clip that and just whenever anyone meets George Brown, just repeat that phrase because that was brilliant. <laughs> just anyone In who my head. for a job and just running. <laughs> <laughs> in my head it, it was gonna sound a lot better than that it I, really sure wasn't it very good it wasn't very good it was a bit robotic yeah that okay brilliant that is fantastic oh, oh my god uh-huh. um right so next thing i was gonna say because we've obviously we, we spent a lot of time at university you know a lot of the time was going out for drinks or doing something what is and this is a big question George Brown I mean you've got a lot of pressure on answering this okay what is your best night out ever there you go what do you think oh bear in mind we've had a lot of nights out because we went to the um we went to university on like on a Cornwall campus uh Exeter's Cornwall campus so really there's only one or or two clubs that you could even go to but I'm not necessarily necessarily saying you had to go out. Maybe it was just a night in, having prees or something. Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I think the one that, whenever this is topic has come up in in normal life conversation, mm. I think you'll say the same as me, which is a night out in España. Yes, um, I was hoping in, you'd say that. Go on. Yeah. I, I think the one you're thinking about and the one that I always sort of think about is in is not in Barcelona, but is in Lleida, which is a nearby city to Barcelona. I'd actually forgotten where it was. I thought it was in Barcelona, but you're right. It's actually uh, it's Lleida. Lleida. That was an incredible night. And I, if anything, can we just talk about that for a bit? Because it was because it was it, both of our, our best night. But when I say best nights ever, neither of us showered ourselves in glory that night. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. No. no. Uh, okay. Do you want Do you want to set the scene, or shall I set the scene? Well, I'll start, and then you can fill in the gaps because there's a lot I probably don't remember. Um, so we we started off just by drinking in. So it was our friend Paul, Spanish Paul, if he's listening, um, in his Hi, back Paul. garden. Hi, Paul. In his back garden, having a few drinks. Australia's beautiful, lovely evening, warm in in uh, Europe evening, and. Um, I can't remember what we went to a pub first. And the first thing I remembered about this night, because it was it was the beginning of the night. And I was like, OK, this is going to be, be a strange one. Is there was like an 11 year old child sitting at the table behind us drinking a pint. And there, behind him was like his mate um, at the cigarette. There was like a, you know, we used to get in the old pubs. They used to sell cigarettes out of like a, um, like yeah, a, cigarette a, a, a vendor. Yeah, like a dispenser. And his mate was buying him some cigarettes and i was like what's going on i was like paul wait what, why is there a like t- a 10 year old boy just having a fight he goes oh yeah it's fine they they probably know him i was like i don't remember this at all oh really no it, honestly it was the most bizarre thing i was like all right well this this night's about to get crazy then because if that's what they're allowing but well here we go um then i think we met paul's uncle great guy i mean he's got a lovely car if you remember george brown <laughs> It wasn't his uncle. That's his cousin. Cousin, sorry, cousin. But yeah, he's got Geordie, a lovely car, top he? lad. Hi, Geordie, if you're listening, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> got a lovely white car, which you just would not shut up about. <laughs> for, for anyone that doesn't know, we were coming out this pub, and bear in mind. Well, hang on, hang on a second. We can't go straight to that first. The background detail is crucial. So, okay. as James was saying, we were in. So basically, in for for the well, I would assume almost entirely British audience, however many of you that is. Um, um, in Spain, nights out are a little bit different in that they go out way later and finish that way, true, way yeah. later as well. We finish way later, or in theory, way earlier, depending on the time. Well, then um, they have dinner at like eleven p.m. Exactly. They? It's just you just add a couple of hours on in terms of normal British time. So we weren't. We were like 
in an actual just bar um probably like after midnight it was um very very late and paul had taken us to this little bar i can't remember what it's called quite obviously um and uh, basically he was talking about shots and he said that you could do shots of absinthe oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah and um well if, if, for anyone that doesn't know absinthe is the most alcoholic drink that it's you can legally buy lethal like you might as well drink bleach yeah and uh so you could order these three different flavored shots or whatever I think Paul ordered like a Pokemon shot, whatever Knowing that was. Him, probably it would be. Yeah. Like yeah. So that just gives you an idea. It was like a fancy shot bar. And I said, okay, I'll, I, I'm interested to see this absinthe <laughs> shot because I didn't believe him because I didn't think you were allowed to do shots of absinthe. To be no, honest. Wait, I, just, I thought... hearing, just hearing that back. We really go to all the classy places. We had a Pokemon shot. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> well i didn't have a pokemon <laughs> shot he did <laughs> i just love how casual that was by the way but anyway um anyway on. so i think for yeah so a, a like crucial bit of context i don't think it was pure absinthe i think it was diluted with another flavor of something because it tasted a bit licoricey so um, but it, and it was also like really dark black, which is yeah. which is always what you want. <laughs> um, I love a bit um, of bile. Yeah, yeah, it was basically. Um, and anyway, I drank one of those, <laughs> and um, I will then pass over to you because for the next <laughs> couple of hours, I can't remember what happened. <laughs> well, what it was was that when. Was it in there that you were standing against the wall? Was that was it in there? No, that was the that next was later. Bar. Okay, okay. So we, we <laughs> leave the bar and uh, Geordie, his Paul's cousin, gets in and we all get in and then we'll wait for George to come out and he just stands. Bear in mind, you know nothing about cars, right? I mean, you can drive barely. <laughs> but apart from that, that's it. And you spent a full on five minutes walking around the car going, Ooh, what a lovely white car this is. I'm like, George, you no, just get in. We're going to the club. He's like, no, but look how white it is. <laughs> I remember saying things that like I don't have any understanding of, like, oh, I bet it's got a brilliant engine. <laughs> oh, the chassis on that baby. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about cars either, but the fact that that is what you were pointing out. <laughs> it was oh, hilarious and then you'd basically passed out on my shoulder in in the back of the car and i was like come on geordie wake up lad come on and we get to the we get to the open air club which was massive by the way there was like a few hundred people, a minute. i remember we've forgotten the best bit of this entire story no I, we're not getting it because was it not at the club no it was it was at a bar. It was at a bar. It was. I actually, believe it or not, sobered up in the club. <laughs> oh, that's right. So that what was, was it then? I thought it must have been. It was in, a, in the it, club. We hit a number of bars before we, before I did a tactical evaluation of Geordie's car, and we got in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why um, I asked. But well, to cut a very long story short, I think Paul said he's going to the toilet. I, I said oh, I'm off to uh, get a drink, and George just said, "Okay, I'll, I'll stand here." <laughs> Just stand. We basically placed him against the wall, right? So he couldn't, you know, we knew where he was. Paul comes back. He goes, "Oh, James, where's where's Joe, where's George gone?" I don't know. Look round. We just see a pair of boots hanging off a stage. I'm like, "What the fuck? What's happened?" We we pull the curtains back, and there's just George, wide-eyed, staring at the ceiling. Hello. <laughs> um so again so for anyone that doesn't understand basically the wall we had placed them against clearly wasn't a wall it was a pair, a like some curtains and he'd f fell through it and his shoes were just hanging off the edge uh, it <laughs> I, was, love, I love what it to make was exactly left like the scene in only fools and horses that <laughs> is the best way of describing it in that i have just i'm drunk and i've gone oh, I need to lean <laughs> and have just let myself go thinking that wall will hold me. And I have gone 
the room again. You know the best bit? I, there was a one point I was at the bar, remember, and I heard this noise and I thought, blimey, the bass in this place is good, isn't it? Proper loud thump. <laughs> oh, oh my god. But uh anyway. And then, anyway. Well the point the is you were you were beyond the state of consciousness. You were you were out of it, quite literally. Out for the count. Then we get in the car and the whole how brilliant the suspension is <laughs> came about <laughs> and then we get to the club and what happens you down like three bottles of water i think yeah yeah i i i did actually sober up a bit because i could if i had drank any more i may have died so <laughs> um but Maybe. this this is why it's the best night out ever because james and paul witnessed the state that i'm in and it's it's as drunk as I've probably ever been in a short period of time. And like, you know, you've got to be pretty drunk to fall through a curtain, haven't you? And, um, and but James and Paul don't think, oh, we should maybe, you know, be the responsible ones because George is, George is gone. Let's, let's just make sure we don't get too drunk. These two idiots <laughs> see it as a challenge and think, right, we can beat that. <laughs> <laughs> we can top that. Come on. I mean, to be fair, it's my holiday. I'm not going to be spending it looking after you. If anything, I'm going to enjoy myself. And if you end up on a stage in some dark, dirty, dingy club, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so yeah, in fact, actually, the more I haven't thought about this in ages, the more, I, the more that we talk about this story, this is the best night out ever. Like, because we're not even halfway done. So um, we then, you and Paul keep drinking. And then on this... The, yeah, so this open air club in itself was amazing because like was great, the, the light honestly, was starting to come through in the early hours of the morning. It's Spain, so it's beautifully hot, good music. I mean, just it was really cheap. That's what I remember. Helps. It was really cheap as well because we, we were ordering like Jaeger bombs, but they were like in a massive like mug almost, and you got like tickets or something, and you had to. Well, me and Paul did. I don't know what you were doing. But we like exchanged them. And we got a massive Jaeger bomb for like two euros. And I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I'll have 10, please. Um, hence why I got absolutely hammered. But then, well, I don't know where you're going with it, but I'm thinking towards like halfway through the, whilst we're at the club, somehow, I think it must be Paul. He, he must have got his cousins to, you know, contacts. Do you remember going up on stage and dancing yeah, that's what about 500 people? <laughs> There's a yeah. video out there. Uh, I swear I've seen it. There's a video out there somewhere of Paul being spanked by a random, I think it's the DJ. And he's being spanked no, no, by the DJ. Okay. I, well, it, what happened was I was wearing a belt. <laughs> Just, uh, pretty normal, pretty standardly. I was wearing a belt. And uh, because, I, yeah, I think because it, we were dancing on the stage, I took the belt off and was doing that or something something embarrassing but not as embarrassing as what happened next because paul's cousin one of like literally a hundred you'll notice in this story we keep saying paul's cousin and we mean about 50 yeah. different people because yeah. all lovely, they're, they're, like, lovely they're all lovely but it's it's like a clan you know they're, they're about 70 percent of yada and i say they're <laughs> um, lovely because you i've forgotten about this you had tried to speak in spanish the entire night to the point where we get to the club and one of paul's cousins says george just speak in English, mate. <laughs> Bear in mind, that's the only four words he can say in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Anyway, so one of Paul's cousins takes the belt off me, sort of, for want of a better word, bends Paul over. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. That is what happens. And starts spanking him with the, <laughs> with the belt. So now... For, uh, however we got up on stage, I've no idea, but it's now become some sort of B-Tech live sex show. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was literally like British lads on tour, wasn't it? Classic British people getting up on, on stage. One's getting spanked. I mean, I know Paul's Spanish, but us two, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was dancing with some random Spanish bloke myself, to be honest. I have no idea. Um, and then, then what happened? So then... <laughs> then we, we, as the night draws to a close and and the sun arises um they start i mean they've been playing bangers all night you know great party tunes and they started playing macklemore um what's the song Dealing called? can't hold us yeah can't hold us 
you know, obviously everyone knows banging tune. And the intro to it, to that started playing. I'm jumping up and down, loving it. Yeah, let's go. And Macklemore even says, let's go. And then they turn the music off. And I just went ballistic. I was like, no, no, you can't turn the music off. And I even had a sit down protest in the club. <laughs> yeah, so literally the music cuts out. Everyone leaves except James, who sits down <laughs> in the middle of the club on the floor and just starts screaming, no, one more. No, one more. Come on, you've got to play one more. <laughs> Pretty much like uh, Andrew Garfield in uh, that Mel Gibson film. Please, Lord, give me one more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then, so that that is the end of the escapades out in the city of Yeda. We then get back to Paul's house. And like I said, earlier in this evening, I have fallen through what I believe to be a wall. And now James and Paul are at a state that is so bad, I am now in charge. <laughs> because Paul walks into the kitchen of his own home and smashes a glass on the floor within about three seconds of being in there. Um, and and I mean, then I'm, start- I'm just basically comatose at this point. I think you'd just put me on the sofa and just said, sit there don't move yeah and paul then starts picking up bare like bare glass starts picking up glass with his bare hands and i'm just like oh just go to bed please so i'm now clearing up glass on the kitchen floor and yeah this is about this was about seven o'clock in the morning so literally 12 hours um but yes yes that that is the best night we have had by the sounds of it it sounds like a terrible night because of all the things that kind of happened to us but i loved it it was brilliant one of those nights you would never ever forget um so yeah i'm glad you said that to be honest the spain one we've had some other i've forgotten how many things happened it's it's been such a long time i've forgotten how many things i've completely forgotten about the spanking i've forgotten about the 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 top the the top gear in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) great bit of analysis that clarkson would be pleased (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah just brilliant and in front uh, dancing in front of like a hundred a few hundred spanish people they're all probably looking at us thinking these who who (laughs) um but that was the greatest night out so now we're just going to talk about well george have you got anything in particular that you'd like to sort of talk about what you've been up to recently and i know you're currently doing a master's right but Anything interesting in that regard? Um, Are you writing a book? There you go. I am writing, yes. So, uh, well, uh, to give a very brief overview. um, Yes, I'm very much enjoying the Masters. Um, It's great because I feel like I'm doing more writing or or I'm having the chance to do more writing um, than I've had the opportunity to do because in normal life and I guess even in non-lockdown normal life, um, you just have other things, don't you? You have other distractions. So, in that aspect is a bit of a silver lining in that I'm just having so much time to write stuff. And I feel like, yeah, it's all coming along really, really nicely. So as for part of the masters, I've got to write a screenplay. So I'm sort of trying to write a bit of a sitcom. And uh, then there's also a short story module that I'm doing. So all is well. And as James alluded to, the target for this year is to actually finish a novel. Yeah, I've actually, I, I, well, I've, you've shown me a bit of um, your plot. And it looks very good, mate. I'm really interested to read it. I can't wait for it to become an instant classic bestseller. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yes. I, I want some of the credit for uh, ideas and an acknowledgement would be nice in the in the <laughs> in the um, well build up. To uh, it. Yes, um, but same question to you, Mr. Wilson, because you've had a interesting week, and uh, I have just remembered something I'm going to ask you. So, <laughs> I am, which what I'm have you done? Not going to allow you. Yes, you are. What have you done in the last week? Well, I've I've had a pretty interesting week, to be honest. Uh, I actually sent you. um, So basically, long story short, I'm I'm applying for drama school this year. It's like I've always wanted to do, to be honest, because I feel like I've always acted my entire life. But, um, you know, drama school is something that I've always been fond of. I I ended up going to university, but now's my chance. recorded some monologues. I sent one off to RADA and I'm planning to send off to a couple other places soon. Um, but well, actually, I spoke to you about it briefly. What do you think of um, the pieces that I did? Because bear in mind, it was all, you know, 
one after the other, three monologues in total, and then I ended up waffling to the camera for about five minutes. I just remember, I haven't actually watched the waffling, so I can't. Oh, I can't. Right. On that. Well, I'm going to. That's that's kind of irrelevant, to be honest. Um, but it's, well, I'm still going to watch it. Been, my week's been filled with a lot of Shakespeare and uh, sort of learning lines and contemporary plays, and I don't like the fact that George Brown's smiling right now. But, uh, well, I just think, I mean, it's, I'm quite a, what's the word? I, I'm a visual uh, learner. I don't like just talking about things without having an example, because I think it's a bit vague. You know, people may not be familiar with Shakespeare's work. He's not very famous. So if we could just get a flavour of the sort of stuff that you're you're talking about. Just, I knew just, this is coming. I knew this is coming, by the way. Just if like a little, just, episode, just a little snippet. If this is the first snippet. episode, then no one would have heard what happened last week where George Brown asked me to do a bit of Shakespeare and I well quite happily did so and he tore into me I was like well this is just great so um do it do it again you want me to go again okay well do the same bit I like the same bit no, no, I think I'll, I've either I've now yet. seen I've now watched you do it two times so I basically know it <laughs> well I'll do a bit of Romeo instead from Romeo and Juliet okay okay bit okay, of Romeo ready? let's go but soft, what light through yonder window breaks? Ah, it is George Brown being a dickhead on Zoom yet again. There we go. <laughs> See, that's not, that, that, I don't think that was in the original. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just paraphrasing Shakespeare, what he's saying there. <laughs> um, but yes, no, I did watch your monologues and I thought they were very, very good. I thought your Shakespeare actually... Um, was 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 exceptional to be honest because I, I think I think to be fair that's come along I feel, feel like you've worked on that haven't you because I, I feel like from the last time I've seen you do it it's, it's much better tried it's so hard though because I mean Shakespeare's just difficult anyway even when you have studied it at uni sometimes uh, partly um, but I just gave it my best shot to be honest I was like you know what if they don't like it then fair enough I've I've done what I thought was good and if they don't like it fair enough it is what it is. Um, I'm sure they will. I mean, to be honest, I think it would be a stronger case if you were able to just perform it on cue and not use it as an, as an excuse to attack your co-host. <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoyed doing that for you. So uh, not this week. Maybe maybe another time. Maybe another time. <laughs> uh, I think I, 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 this is what I said in the first slash trial episode, which is that we every week we should have like line of the week or Wilson Shakespeare of the Week. I would oh absolutely God. love that. Get people to like tweet in little passages <laughs> they want you to read. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to read things out. It's just that with no context to it whatsoever, it becomes a bit- Yeah, but that's the beauty of it. It's like out pointless. of context Shakespeare. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll find a quote for you next week, shall I, to, to read to you. We can make, oh, make it a proper right. segment. Um, yeah. And I'll think up some ideas for it. But for now, you are stuck with merely George Brown being an Oved on Zoom. Yes, again. <laughs> <laughs> One of his um, lesser known works. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if there's nothing else. I think we'll move on to the, I guess, final, I say final segment. It's not really a final segment because this could go on for about 20 minutes. So for listeners that don't know us, we are massive football fans as well as theatre fans and pretty much anything entertainment. But football is basically the what brought us together in the first place i think because it was oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing we haven't talked about tell the story of our beautiful first meeting yeah well <clears throat> i'll assume that people haven't already heard this or on the last episode well i think i think basically we just delete the first episode because it's a nightmare in it so yeah. this is the first yeah episode. this is the, the so for the first time <laughs> the world is about to hear of this <laughs> this brilliant <laughs> friendship between two <laughs> budding young actors, writers, and so on. So obviously it was the first day of uni and I was like, okay, well, we just had this really kind of boring lecture where the sort of the, the tutor was like, oh, okay, this is what you've got to look forward to and all this stuff. And I was like, brilliant. Um, afterwards, we get a voucher for a cup of coffee in the, in the, in the cafe. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do? You know, I don't know anyone here. They're all sort of posh, really well-educated, well-spoken people and there's me sort of from East London looking a bit out of place. Common <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, I mean, I got on with it. 
quite clearly because I just like, you know what, I'm going to walk up to the person that's that's the loudest and just waffling the most. And that obviously happened to turn out to be a certain browner. Uh, the, problem, just, the problem was, James, oh, someone had asked me about my opinion on snow. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what because it was. They, yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. planned a, a firework display after the lecture as well. And you just refused <laughs> <not> to go. <laughs> um, in fact, you were planning a protest. But anyway, uh, I, I just joined the group. And then there was George Brown. I can't remember what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember either. And I think it was... Uh, I think you'd ask me, oh, what's what's interesting about you then? And I was like, well, you know, I've done some acting and whatnot. And you're like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Could be an interesting conversation. So we went to the pub afterwards, had a couple of drinks, and it was there that I asked, oh, have you heard about Sam Allardyce? And you were like, oh, are you a football fan? I was like, yeah, massive. And uh, because obviously Sam Allardyce had just been sacked from the England job. And that was huge at the time um and yeah we just got talking because you're obviously a chelsea fan chelsea scum uh which yeah. you know i was so pleased to see fat frank uh sacks last week we but if this is the first episode we did hold a a, a minute of silence during the middle of it just to, to mourn <laughs> the right. passing okay. I, know, I, know, I know i said this last week but right <laughs> I, I, I don't want this first episode to just descend into George ranting, but <laughs> oh, there is nothing exactly on earth apart from maybe snow and fireworks that I hate more than the nickname Fat Frank because it just makes it makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. He isn't fat. He's never been fat. Oh, he it has. is a ridiculous nickname, yeah. and I hate it. He was he was fat when he was at West Ham. Didn't didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. Yeah, but. Whatever, move on. <laughs> well, hey, if you weren't so fat, maybe he would have been able to get word to score some goals and actually run for a change, you know? But, uh, I, I, I don't think anyone with magical powers could get Werner to score. <laughs> I mean, that, that's an interesting concept. I said this to you the, the other week. Imagine Werner against Kepa in training. How many goals would be scored? <laughs> you've, got, <laughs> you've got Kepa trying to parry it into his own net. And you've got Werner making a great clearance on the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> I think what would happen is Werner would hit hit a weak shot. It'd slip through Kepa's grass, trickle towards the goal, and then he'd go in to follow up, slip, and it'd go backwards and it wouldn't go in. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I don't know why. I mean, I get you're right, you're upset because you love him, but Tuchel has done a brilliant job at the moment. At the time of recording, he's what got three wins on the bounce. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, Tuchel's done fine. I don't. My issue has never been with him. It's, but like everyone's saying, oh, he's rejuvenated this Chelsea team. As far as I'm concerned, Chelsea would have beaten Burnley, Tottenham and Sheffield United over the last three. Like Frank would have got nine points from those. I'm pretty confident. So, well, yeah, Tuchel's done fine. Fair play know. to him. If he gets us in the top four, great. But it's the the whole process of getting rid of someone who's been so loyal to the club that I'm not happy about. Anyway, that was a couple of weeks ago. I've moved on. I've recovered. I'm, I'm in the acceptance stage of, um, what's it called? He's, you know, the stages of stages of uh, grief. upset, whatever it's called. Grief. That's it. Yeah, he's, he's clearly moved on. He, he's, <laughs> he's not angry or resent, resentful at all. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think Chelsea will do well. I think you'll, you'll you know, probably come top six, probably. I think <laughs> no okay then so yeah well well Chelsea aren't actually that interesting Chelsea's moment was a couple of weeks ago when Frank was first sacked but let's talk about the other team in London I mean sorry well you say the other team you mean the best team in London right now no we're ahead of you now sorry mate no but well yes but only on goal difference only on goal difference, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the best performing team in London yeah, this year most would be fair. Team. Mm-hmm. And we have been brilliant, by the way. West Ham fan, always have been. Just to, if anyone wasn't sure of what we were talking about there, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, can we talk about yesterday's game, um, in where Suchet got a red card? And I want, I actually, oh. this reminds me of something that I wanted to talk to you about ages ago but I just forgot about it and it thought it was kind of irrelevant, but it keeps popping up all the time now. And it's the quality or the level of refereeing in England. 
A, is it as bad as people say they are? I personally, I think so. Even with VAR, I think refereeing is just quite poor in itself, but you can have your own opinion about that. And also, what was my other point? Was it a red card yesterday? I'm also going to say, how the hell was that a red card? No, it wasn't. Um, yes. Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a topic I actually feel incredibly passionate about. Um, and just I, nothing angers. Well, that's not true because we've just seen already this podcast. But um, I, yeah, I, it frustrates me so much. The standard of refereeing in the Premier League and in England is appallingly bad and, and a real worry. And to the extent that I think it's actually diminishing the quality of the game. And they should be ashamed of themselves for that. It just, it, um, it I hope away. this. I've just. Sorry, it takes away yeah. from the football, really, doesn't it? But I'll let you go on. It does. It does. Um, yes. I, 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 by the way, I assume we're not going for like a PG podcast or anything because I just want to read a little text to illustrate some of the no, frustration. Mate, say whatever you want. This is a, a casual okay. do what you like podcast. Right. Well, I'd just like to quote a text from my father, um, who is also a West Ham fan. <coughs> who sent me a WhatsApp message after the Fulham West Ham game. And I just thought this, this really gets the crux of the issue. Um, so Suchek gets sent off in a, a catastrophically bad decision. I mean, it was ridiculous. Dad, it was outrageous. My dad texts me the following. Mike Dean, full stop. What a cunt that man is, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that really sums it up because basically i was i'm not a west ham fan i don't care if anything the game was dull i was getting ready to turn it off but I, my blood was boiling because i was screaming at the, the screen um when they when they asked him to go over to the monitor because yeah he didn't even need to do that like literally just get on with the game it's the last minute west ham have got an attacking free kick what are you doing just get like to, to be fair to Mitrovic, like the contact with the elbow that would hurt and yes, I don't have a problem with him going down. That would hurt. Elbow in the face hurts anyone. But he gets straight back it was up. More of a graze. It was more of a graze. He didn't elbow him, but I know. You're no, playing. I know. But you, I, and what I'm saying is, that I'm not accusing Mitrovic of feigning contacts. It hit him. But in fairness to him, he gets straight back up again. He doesn't roll around on the floor. The worst really. thing about it. The worst thing about it. He goes over to the referee and Suchek and says, "Yeah, ref, that wasn't a red." And even after the game, speaking to Suchek and you know Thomas Suchek himself tweeted about it. He said. Mitrovic after the game said, yeah, it wasn't a red card, mate. I don't know what they were doing. And the fact that I think my problem with it is that Mike Dean seen that he was looking at the, at the incident. First of all, West Ham are on the attack. But Suchek trying to be violent there would gain no advantage whatsoever. So I don't know why, you know, VAR would think, oh, he's obviously being violent there. Because if it, we were defending the, the free kick, yeah, because, you know, I could understand it a bit more. But it was our free kick. Second of all. He's looked at it and then VAR said, take a look at the monitor. There's something fundamentally wrong there with either the rules or the interpretation of the rules or even just refereeing um, in general. Because why they have to go to the monitor and then spend three minutes plus looking at the same incident. Yes, it's obviously going to look worse in slow-mo. Even then, he didn't mean it. He barely grazed him with his elbow. And I think the actual quote from VAR was, he's got a clenched fist. That's why it was violent conduct. It's, it's just not. I mean, everyone, I mean, it's not just me who has this opinion. Everyone else does outside, apart from Mike Dean and whoever was in Stockley Park at the time, also agrees well, yeah, what's yeah. going on there. This is absolutely, mate. I couldn't have put it better myself. This is what I think. I think if you asked 100 people who either watch or have played football, just you took a random sample of 100 and showed them that and said, do you think that's a red card? A hundred of them, so 100% would say no. And yet they found two of them in the world, in the UK, who for some reason do, and they're the people we've got who are refereeing the game. Yeah. And, and the other thing that really worries me is that I, I think the context is important because it was a, it was a boring nil-nil. I know West Ham had an attacking free kick, but it looked like it was going to finish nil-nil. And you just think, they think they need to make themselves the heroes. Mm -hmm. They need to make themselves a headline. So Mike Dean thinks, oh, this game won't be in the papers, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've got a chance here to, to make a little bit of controversy and send someone off for no reason whatsoever. So 
and this has been going it's not this is not just a one-off incident but it is the worst one i've seen in a while the standard of refereeing is abysmal the p and it var is not the problem var makes things worse because we now can analyze things in detail that we don't need to analyze them. yeah but fundamentally the people who are in charge of the rules and administering those rules don't understand the game they don't understand in any way they don't understand the, the spirit or the actual game of sport that is football. They've changed right. it into a kind of monotonous, boring. It takes the spirit out of the game when you stop it for four minutes at the end of a nil-nil. Like, come on, just end the game. Um, there's no need to take that long for that decision. No need to even review it. Why they are in charge, I don't know. Um, there's people saying Mike Dean should be sacked. And I was initially like, well, maybe that's a bit harsh. But didn't he also referee the Bednarek decision last week and that got rescinded so there's a chance I mean correct me if I'm wrong I'm not entirely sure but there's a chance that he could have two red cards that he's given rescinded in the space of a week and as a top official in the Premier League which is arguably the best league in the world some people now doubt that because of the officials you just that's unacceptable um so yeah maybe, I, maybe I, the best I, thing I, is he should be sacked I don't know I think what I'd say is that I mean, you can't sack Mike Dean because then you'd have to sack all of them. Like, he's no worse than anyone else. I think there's a slight hierarchy. I think Michael Oliver is one of the better ones, but even he's not perfect. Um, but I, I, I don't think you, they, I don't think they will or can sack Mike Dean because it's if, if you're doing that, you won't have any referees because they're all that bad. They are all that bad. And that's the thing. Like, I don't, it's such an un, like, I, yes, I'm a football fan. Most football fans blame referees for things. And it's it's inevitable that anger gets taken out of them. But I have to, like, this is not just a decision that's gone against Chelsea, which is I'm angry because we lost a game or whatever. This is a continuation of events that has gone on for a couple of seasons now where they are consistently getting decisions wrong that literally the, the average common man on the street would just not get wrong. Mm. And that is incredibly worrying. Yeah, I mean, at the time of recording, we don't know. I mean, West Ham's appealed the red card, but I don't know yet if that's going to be accepted or not. Though, I mean, even David Moyes said after the game, they'll probably give enough excuses to justify it. Um, so I don't know. It could go either way. 50-50 to me, to be honest. I think. Oh, yeah. No, game, I think I, I would be amazed. I'd be amazed if it was rescinded. Honestly. For the good of the game, it should they're, be. There's such, they're such the, a, sorry, go like a tight-knit little cult that they, they've got to stick by each other and they'll find some excuse. Like David Moy says, I would, if, if either they should rescind it, obviously, but it would not shock me in any aspects if they didn't. Because they're, they're clueless and they're arrogant and they don't have a clue. Well, yeah, game's gone, lad. The game's gone. Um, game's I'll just gone. Move, move the topic on quickly. Still football, but on the topic of FPL, Fantasy Premier League. And this is something I was going to talk to you about last week. So basically listeners out there we've got a mini league our friend fred is currently leading it i'm second and george brown is probably like fifth at this point i don't even know where you are I'm yeah fifth. doing terribly but this is like i was gonna i'm gonna expose frederick spencer here because this is something he sent me on the a few a few couple of weeks ago when kane got injured um so who was he playing i think it was liverpool and he got injured he rolled both of his ankles um yeah. he because he had him in his team and he goes also mate i'm so fucking pissed off if if kane doesn't recover i'm done if this is some long-term shit i'll be so fucking fucked and pissed <laughs> <laughs> which is just hilarious to me because for those who don't know frederick is the probably the most competitive person i've ever seen at fpl ever Oh yeah, he treats he treats FPL like he's actually managing a PL team. Yeah, like, like when when he benches someone and they get points, he's like, ah, oh, I can't <laughs> believe I've made that decision. I've tactically I've got it wrong. I'm like, fuming it's with game myself. Of You're basically <laughs> predicting the future. It's impossible to know what's going to happen. <laughs> Calm down. He just he does overreact massively, but you know, great content to be honest. Um, but yeah, you you were top a while ago, and then you sort of hit the boil, like come off the boil a bit. I don't know what's going on, lads. You need to sort it out, or you're just writing off the season. 
in terms of FPL. Oh, oh, right. I'm writing off this season. When was I? Oh, when was I top? Yeah. <laughs> I've well, actually November, I think. No, okay. no, no. I, I honestly haven't. I, I've actually climbed. I think. Um, right. Wow. I, okay. I won the the league last year, but this year has been uh, my title defense has been worse than Liverpool's, and that <laughs> says something. <laughs> yeah, it has been pretty shocking, to be fair. Um, so we'll just move on finally to a. Well, I say quick. So I've got a bit of a, a quiz for George Brown here. Now, it's oh, yeah. not my quiz. It is, I've stolen it completely from BBC Sport. So there is a chance you may have already done it. Um, I've helped you out a bit because the quiz I've chosen is very easy. I've got, I got 15. I should have got 16 out of 20. Um, I'm expecting you to get at least 18. Okay. If you don't. And if you get 20, you'll, I don't know, you'll win a prize or something. You'll. All right. Yeah, I want a prize if I get 20. Yeah, you'll get a direct line to Boris Johnson and say lockdown's over and you've got the cure for corona. There you go. (laughs) That's what we're playing for today, George Brown. So there's no timer. I'm just going to... It's all about January transfers, considering we're on the 8th of February at the minute. But technically, we're a week after the January transfer window closing. And it's all about signings within those windows. Bear in mind, it's quite easy. So the first one, the most expensive of the lot and probably still the best deal. This defender changed everything for his new club. Oh, VVD, uh, Virgil van Dijk. Correct. That's one. Beautiful. This American winger was a costly signing in January 2019, but went back out on loan until the start of next season. Um, Politic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much he cost? I was surprised. 56? 58, 58 million. There we go. Um, another defender. They don't come cheap mid-season, it seems. Again, though, money well spent. Another defender. Does it give you the um, like year? Um, it's within the last three to four years. I don't know exactly when he signed, but it's recent-ish. Four years, I'd say. Oh, that's hard. That's not much of a clue. That's just a defender. <laughs> um, yeah. He's a prominent think. defender. Oh, now. I know who it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Laporte, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know how else to say it without giving it away. All right, so you're yeah. on three for three. Brilliant. He may have cost over 50 million, but this forward has been brilliant, mostly, in the Premier League. He scored over 50 goals already in England. Forward? Forward, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's not that hard. You can get it. Mm. Cost over fifty million. Oh, I yeah, um, Abamyang. Yeah, nice. Okay, next up, uh, the first fifty million pound footballer in the Premier League who would have to go down as a flop for his new club. Never the same player. Though scored some big goals in Europe. Uh, Fernando. Torres. <laughs> Yeah, what, that that open goal that he missed would go down in his in history, wouldn't it? It's just, well. Yeah, but so would the goal against Barcelona. Yeah, he, he he will always have a soft spot, Torres, no matter how rubbish he was. He, he did his job. Yeah. All right, next one. He only arrived a year ago, but he's already one of the best Premier League players. The, that Bruno, and Bruno, 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 Bruno. Indeed. Uh, this one was difficult, but I managed to get it. When David Moyes sends a helicopter to sign you, you're going. Who could that be? David Moyes. David Moyes sent a helicopter to sign this player. Ah, one matter. Yeah, well, good answer. I remembered that because it was Moyes' first big signing. For, uh, Can I just country. say, I'm really really enjoying this can this also be a weekly feature <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're, only, we're not even halfway through yet lad calm down okay go on <laughs> next one it was a transfer fee that shocked the world at the sorry let me say that again it was a transfer fee that shocked the world at the time and continues to do so never worked out at anfield for this striker andy carroll yeah that's what i got i was i pulled that out of the bag i was like anfield striker that never worked out benteke you're like no i don't know Andy Carroll, let's go. All right, this is an easy one. I don't even know if I'm going to ask it. 
can you name either of the players involved in this swap deal? It didn't work out for either of them. Swap deal between Premier League clubs. Oh, um, Sanchez and Mkhitaryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what flops they were, by the way. I mean, th mm. that's one of those deals that neither club wants to remember. Just like, yeah, just done and dusted. Forget about it. Mm. Um, perhaps underrated in England, this big striker has scored goals by the bagful all over Europe and played a big part in a title win. Jekko. Yeah, I didn't get this one. I was like, who could it be? But yeah, well played, Jekko. Um, next one. Signed for Bra signed from Brazil four years ago. This forward is closing in on 50 Premier League goals. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Man City. This Dutch winger has been in and out of the side since moving to London last year. Oh, is he stumped? Dutch winger. Oh, um, Bergvine. Yes. Yeah, I got that simply because I remember him signing from uh, PSV. Um, next up. But, <laughs> there's actually quite a few questions. I'll speed up a bit, but yeah, go hopefully quick. the listeners are enjoying. <laughs> some, some signings are better off forgotten. This striker got, got just six league goals for his new club after a big move. This was hard. I didn't get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, without the club, it's really hard. Um, six, league, six, six league goals. league goals for his new club after a big move. Give me a clue. <sighs> I, well, what club? Uh, if, I, if I tell you, it'll, you'll get it straight away. Um, oh. He... Um, Michael went there. He used to play for a club that Michael went to university in. Our friend Michael. Okay. That's the club he used to oh, play for. Oh, that is a hard one, to be fair. I wouldn't have got that without the clue. It's, um, come on, Wilfred Bonny, score Absolutely. some goals for Swansea. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say there's a chant about him, but then there's a chant about every player, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, a massive signing 10 years ago. This England striker never really recaptured his best form after the move. What do we think? Uh, 10 years ago. Mm. I must admit, this is the ones I didn't get as well. Um, oh, well, I remember there was one Defoe. No, I was thinking Defoe, but we can pass it and move Darren on. Ben. Darren oh, Ben. Great shout. What a shout. Yeah, yeah. From uh, Sunderland to Aston Villa, 24 million, which is quite a lot back in... 2010 or whenever it was i mean the reason that's hard is because his career did just fall apart after that it, it just went to pieces didn't it um you know this guy and especially you do george brown he's a winger plays for colombia has spent most of his club career in italy yeah quadrado what a waste of money that was <laughs> see the reason i chose this is because there's so many chelsea flops in this as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we love a january flop <laughs> Um, a rapid forward slash winger who had his best moments in the Champions League. It's easy when you think about it. Recent-ish. A rapid forward who had his best moments slash in the Champions winger. League. Slash winger. Do you want another clue? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not left-footed, but it helps him out in a Champions League game. And he's a rapid winger. Oh, um, he's not left-footed. Oh no, I was thinking of um, Salah because Chelsea signed him in January. But uh, what recently in the Champions League? <laughs> About two years ago. Scored with his left foot. Mm. I don't know. He's, I don't know. I, I got Brazilian. Rapid Who did you play winger. for? A team in London. Come on, you can get this. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot he was signed in January. Uh, Lucas Moura. Yes, that's it. Well done. Um, next up. 
proof that you can strike a January bargain. This striker was out of this world, although problematic, and was eventually sold on for a 40 million plus profit. 40 million pound plus profit. Luis Suarez. Indeed, indeed. Next one. I like this one. You weren't expecting a Sheffield United player on the list, were you? Sander Berger. Yeah, yeah. Fred would love that, by the way. <laughs> um, last two. Penultimate. It's a decade since this eccentric centre-back first came to the Premier League. He's cost a fair few quid since. We make it around £115 million in total. A centre-back? Mm, eccentric centre-back. Oh, David Luiz. Yeah. Another, well, I wouldn't say Chelsea flopped because he won everything, but at the same time, what a liability. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I, 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 I actually... I think Chelsea fans like David Luiz more than, than Arsenal fans. I think we, we got the best of him. Well, they hate him. He, he always gets sent off of them. <laughs> mm. um, and the last one to get, what's that, 20 out of 20? This midfielder had already played for Chelsea before making this return. He's won the Premier League twice. Matic. Mm. Yeah, I think he was even better when he came back to Chelsea, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that is it. Well, okay, well, it, was, it wasn't 20. Because I think I think it was eighteen. Because a couple of them, you had to give me some pretty hefty clues. Yeah. Well, I said at least eighteen, didn't I? I think I did. But anyway, you won the chance to phone up Boris Johnson and say lockdown's finished. Congratulations. <laughs> but by the way, you are now challenged to find some sort of quiz for me every single week because that is just okay. way well, out I, <laughs> I get that was it quite a long one. Yeah, it was quite a long one. I didn't expect it to be that quite long. I guess I should have, but. I enjoyed it. You know, that could be a new weekly thing or whenever we do this. Um, but yeah, yeah, unless you've got anything else to talk about, George Brown, I think we'll wrap things up there. What about you? Okay. I think that has been a lovely and comprehensive episode. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. What was that? Over an hour, I think. Um, maybe just just over. Any, either way, thank you so much for listening to uh, the Wilson and Browner Hour. Even if we did go slightly over, I'm sure you won't mind. Um, yeah, that's all from me. George Brown, would you like to say any final words? Just like to say uh, goodbye and look forward to, well, kind of talking to you guys soon. Yeah, the, the creepy voice we just heard. <laughs> so uh, that's all from uh, Lord Farquaad and the Grinch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, guys. Speak to you soon. Bye.